Sometimes you feel low and worry that no one cares about you anymore. Then an event happens, so perfect in its timing that you feel like your prayers have been answered and you have to say hallelujah. The Russia-Ukraine War on CNN. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com GSTV Hi, I was wondering how much it is for a subscription. Well, you don't subscribe to Gas Station TV. Gas Station TV is free to the viewers. It's a captive audience. Yeah, but I really... I really like the your 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 short vignettes, uh, all that stuff. I was wondering if I could subscribe at home. No, but what you can do is drive to your local gas station and stand in front of a pump and watch one of our GSTV specials. Uh, is that sort of thing okay? I mean, you know, could I bring uh, snacks and maybe my kids? Well, of course. Then you get to catch some of our great ninety-second programming. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about um, some of uh, your lineup that you have um, coming in production? Sure. Uh, We have a show called House Hunters. And what it is, it's a 90 second look at at houses that can be flipped. And we have uh, we have Tim Dreyfus. Tim Dreyfus is a uh, he's the host of the show and he's not related Mm -hmm. to any famous Dreyfuses. And so, Tim, what he does, he goes and he finds fixer upper houses and shows you in 90 seconds how you can fix those houses up. Um, how much information is he able to get across? Well, he talks very fast. That's one of the reasons we hired him. He doesn't have a lot of time. He has 90 seconds. It's gas station television. Okay, I understand. Okay, so that's one show. What other sort of things, uh, do you have any sort of family programming coming up? Because again, I'm really looking for something to do with my kids this weekend. Yes, absolutely. We have a show called The Gigglebots. Now, The Gigglebots is a 90-second children's show about a family of robots that lives a very happy life up in Robot Mountain. That's where they live, and they teach you things like the alphabet and numbers and whatever it takes to teach you, but they'll teach you those things quite quickly because they have about 90 seconds to teach you. Right, I understand. You know, I, I only get my kids uh, one one weekend per month, and I'm re- just desperate to come up with ideas of what the heck to do with them. Is this the sort of thing that a court is going to hear about, that I take my kids to um, the local Sunoco and sit them down to watch screens? Like, are there fumes and stuff that I need to worry about? Well, you can worry about fumes if you want, but when you watch GSTV, which stands for gas station television, you are getting a world of information in 90 seconds. So uh, do you have a pickup truck or what kind of car do you have? No, I have an old uh, 86 Chevy Celebrity. Fine. 86 Chevy Celebrity. It's got kind of a, a flat trunk. So you just plop those kids on the back of the trunk while you're doing your gas business and they can take in one of our great 90 second programs. It's a really good idea. I really am captivated by the the programs. They're really... It's all designed about a, having a captive audience. So when you say you're captivated, that's exactly what we at GSTV want to hear. Now, I brought a date with me. I, I finally started after the kid's mother left. It took me a while to sort of get my head on straight. And I finally went out on my first date. It was really exciting. And so I said, hey, you've got to come on down to the Sunoco station with me. You're not going to believe your eyes. And she was a little skeptical and stuff. You know, we had just sort of met online and uh, she was not happy. 
She didn't like the shows? Well, what show did you watch? Operation Pump? Uh, no, it was um, something about a Discover card. Oh, yes. That is uh, Charge Away. It's a 90-second show we have to show you the various ways you can pay for your purchase at the gas pump while you're watching GSTV. I thought that film was great. I thought it was a real 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, well, uh, we we were nominated for, they're not called Oscars, they're called Gasser Awards. And that's for the best gas station television uh, programming in America? Yeah, well, the Gassers are, yes, it's programming and, you know, all the various shows compete for the, the, the best gas station television program or best gas station television program host or best ta- gas station television uh, ga- drama I mean, we've got a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of categories. Ooh, what, 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 uh, what were you nominated for in the drama category? Well, uh, the mayor of pump town. So the mayor of pump town follows the mayor of a town called pump town, uh, and his, his trials and tribulations dealing with a, a small rural uh, group of people and, and trying to be, to, to bring them to a different level. Like it's a real podunk town. And the mayor of pump town is eager to bring his folks into the 21st century. And we have a whole series of episodes, 90 seconds long, of course, because that's the average time it takes you at the pump. Uh, how many episodes of that do you think you've made? Eight hundred and twelve. <laughs> See, now that seems like Friends lasted forever, and that la- and they did two hundred episodes. Well, they had to do an hour. We have ninety seconds. Friends is thirty minutes long. <laughs> Fifteen seconds of that is is credits. Oh, Friends oh, wait, was thirty. You have credits for your shows. Well, of course, the people who work on these shows want to be appreciated for their hard work at GSTV. And I'm sorry, I said Friends was an hour. I guess it's thirty minutes. It's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, it, it does that seem like an interminable amount of time for you now to watch just a thirty minute sitcom on TV? It seems like an eternity. It's like watching my grandmother slowly pass. I just don't want to do it. Give it to me in ninety seconds. Don't drag this out, Grandma. Wow. Well, I'm just letting you know I'm a huge fan. Um, you know, I don't care what it does to my relationships. I, I don't care that my kids don't particularly have fun either. It's re- just really your programming really touches me and I thank you for it. Well, thank you for, you know, when we hear comments like that, we get real pumped, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, what? It's a re- uh, reference to the, it's a gas station. It's a, you're standing at a, at a gas pump. So what I was, right. what I that's my location, though. Yep. You know what? We have a show called uh, Doc Jimmy Explains It All. It's a 90-second show where he really gets goes into depth on various things, and that's one of them, is the, is the explaining the pump joke. Right. Thank you. Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. Now, am I to understand correctly that, and I, this is true, I believe, it's not a crazy thing to... To start, as, this is true as if you, you know, had triplets or something. Uh, but this is true. Didn't you just uh, go on vacation? Were you down in Florida? Yes, I was. I was in the city of Sarasota that's been overbuilt over the last 20 years. So it's incredible traffic and a lot of buildings. And one road. One road. That's right. I remember you mentioning that as well. Doesn't it take you like a, if you're going to the fish fry, like everyone goes to down there, like at four o'clock or something, it takes you an hour to go like a mile? Yes, it does. So coming from the airport, going to my father's place, uh, we just sat in traffic like you couldn't believe because what they've done is they've installed rotaries everywhere that no one knows how to use. 
And okay. so it's just a big old mess. And people were actually honking their horns. I thought I was in New York for a minute. Oh my gosh. That sounds terrible. It's very overbuilt. They should stop. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, it, w- in what sort of mass is there? Like, you know, if you just go to a restaurant, I mean, how is that restaurant overbuilt? There's a 12 story Ruth's Chris steakhouse. <laughs> and it's just so big and it's so overbuilt. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. So we had a whole floor to ourselves mm-hmm. and we're sitting in the middle here. There's one table, just us. And the uh-huh. waiter comes down from an elevator that's in the corner of the building. So right. he sees us. And because he's so far away, he just texts us to ask us if we need anything. <laughs> and I'll just say, yes, could you top off the wine, please? And then he'll say, okay, I'll, right. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And then he goes downstairs and then he'll come right. back. It's just, I don't, it's overbuilt. God, it sounds overbuilt. How, how does that affect your food quality? Well, I mean, it's farm to table, but the farm is about 30 minutes away. So it just, and they get stuck in traffic. They don't know how to use the rotary. So it was just a very, very, very long dinner on the eighth floor of a 12 story Ruth's Chris. <laughs> yeah, that, that must be tough by the time the food get there. It must have spoiled. Yeah, it wasn't particular. It was cold for one. Yep. Our cream spinach had congealed. Oh gosh. Our mushrooms had re-sprouted. <laughs> wasn't pleasant. I, I didn't like it. I mean, it's more for your buck, but uh, be that as it may. Okay. Well, in, in what other ways, like, you know, when you're, when you're in a town that packed, especially packed with whole people, I imagine a, a gym must be a very unique experience trying to sort of cram in. In what ways are gyms different in Sarasota? Well, they're very, very big and they're very, very empty because <laughs> old people don't go to the gym. They break. Yeah. You know, I walked by and I looked in a window and I saw this older gentleman and he kind of reached over to pick up a 12 pound barbell. Yeah. Or dumbbell. Yeah. And he just froze his back. He didn't know what happened. It seized and he just stayed there. And then as I sat there waiting to enter the rotary for 47 minutes, I just kept looking in there. It gave me something to do and he didn't budge. No kidding. And you could see by the expression on his face that he was very unhappy and very in pain and and very sorry that he tried to pick up a 12-pound dumbbell. And you know right. what? He probably felt like a dumbbell. Isn't that funny? That You know what? That is ironic. Like weighing on your reading day. <laughs> That's right. You used to um, used to write Ziggy cartoons, right? Yes, you I love- You ghost authored Ziggy? I did go- I was a go, ghost author of Ziggy. I just- I liked to make people wonder- you know, I wanted my, I, nothing gave me more joy than watching somebody reading a cartoon or a comic strip. And, and then you could just see them kind of pause after they've read it. And one eyebrow uh-huh. goes up and they're like, what is this? And that's, that gives me such great joy. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. That's what you get into it for. Yeah. So like I'm, there, there was one, you, the first panel at Ziggy and he's holding a bunch of balloons and then the next panel, he's looking, he says, I wish these balloons were cantaloupe because there are five of them. And I bet one of these might actually taste kind of ripe. <laughs> Ziggy. I love Ziggy. Ziggy. Always made so much sense. Always, yeah. A lot to say. That's, that's what was great about Ziggy. It was just, you know, it's basically the movie Inception. Yeah, it's there's just a lot to unpack there. And, you know, I knew I would never be able to write for Garfield. I'm not that tier. <laughs> right. Well, your character work is not good. 
I know we're getting off on a lot of tangents here, but I remember you um, you pitched Jim Davis, creator of Garfield, a bunch of uh, uh, alternate characters and storylines for Garfield. I was wondering if you could tell me about some of those, please. Oh, absolutely. So, of course, you have Garfield, the cat. I mean, he's he's this, you know, he is the legend. Yeah, he's 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 the the reason for the season. He's why you pay the the money for your newspaper subscription. That's right. And then you have that dumb dog, Odie. Hey, right. There's some some Odie 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 files out there. So just easy. Yeah. Um. And then I, you know, I I thought, okay, you got two animals there. You could use a few more. Yep. So I had Barbara, the hypersexual raccoon. <laughs> I pitched that to Jim over dinner. <laughs> What what sort of panels did you admit? What sort of hijinks did Barbara get into with with uh, Garfield and Odie and Normal? Well, the, the first the first panel is Garfield just sitting there being you know, a plus sized cat, and he's <laughs> he's staring at a a thing of lasagna. Is it because he loves lasagna? Loves it. A lot of the comedy comes from that origin story. He's a yeah. lasagna loving cat. Yeah, that origin story is important. Go yes, go ahead. And then second panel is Barbara, the hypersexual raccoon. And she's looking at the lasagna. And then the third panel, they're both looking at the lasagna. Scene. Wait, you didn't have Barbara do anything to the lasagna? No, because, you know, you, you, you anticipate. And that's where the comedy is. You're anticipating Barbara doing something. She's a hypersexual raccoon. Uh, what's she going to do next? Oh, she's just looking at the lasagna too. And that's where you got to pause and you just got to take a breath and uh, let the laughter subside. I think you could use some more zingers in that one because <laughs> I don't know. I didn't love it. I think that Jim made the right choice. Well, you know, Jim's a difficult customer. He's really got in his head what Garfield should be about. And, you know, he he's set in his ways and he didn't really appreciate all my clever new ideas. And that's okay. Artists are artists. And now I'll let I'll let them do their thing. I'm not going to step on any toes. And you pitched a, a dramatic uh, reimagining of the uh, Garfield Odie relationship to Jim yes. one day over um, a brunch, right? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. What what were the changes there? Well, I had Odie uh, have a little, a little, a little uh, bit of gender dysphoria. <laughs> and Odie shows up one day and Garfield's looking at lasagna in panel one. <laughs> and then in panel two, Odie comes into the scene and is looking at the lasagna. And then panel uh -huh. three, Odie says, I'm a they, them. <laughs> and then panel four, Garfield says, that's fine, but them doesn't touch my lasagna. <laughs> and scene. Hey, you must have you must have broken a lot of, of of print machines by doing a four panel job. You can't do that. Well, I just took one panel and I cut it in half. <laughs> and then I just turned everything ninety degrees so you could fit both panels into that one panel. You can't just change the rules of gravity. That's exactly what Jim Davis said. And I'd never seen him so mad in my life. He's normally very good natured, but that how night, does Jim, mm -hmm. he, his yeah, eyes how does he show his anger with toothpicks, <laughs> with toothpicks. What yep. do you mean? He just like snaps them in half. No, no. He tucks them in between his fingers and he punches you with them. Jeez. Yeah. 
Jim Davis is a monster. He uh, he can be hyper violent. He's uh you know he's he loves his baby. He kept screaming. That's his. This is my baby. This is my baby. This is punching me, punching me with these 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 damn uh, what do you call it? Toothpicks going and breaking my skin. Right. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, uh, toothpick Wolverine. I, I look like man of a million pimples after he was done with me. <laughs> I had red marks wow. all over my face. <laughs> That's the last I spoke to Jim Davis, creator of Garfield. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. That was a mixed bag of, of, of greatness and, and, and terrible ideas. I was, I'm disappointed that Barbara, the hypersexualized raccoon didn't have more to do. I'm going to be honest with you. Look, uh, we, you know, on this show, we don't uh, just uh, make each other feel good. It's not all about each other's feelings. We're honest. Yeah. No, I was hoping, you know, I, I even had, I gave him some uh, plot ideas for what I would have Barbara do in different cartoons and things. But uh, oh. he, he just, he did not have the imagination for it. He wasn't interested. He's too invested in Garfield, he said. Well, what was your best one of those? Well, uh, Barbara is slinking about and she sees a trash can. And then she knocks over the trash can and an a ear of corn comes out. And she takes that ear of corn and she goes to a river. Because they love to wash their food. Yeah. And she washes that ear of corn. Uh-huh. And then she puts it in her raccoon vagina. <laughs> hypersexual <laughs> raccoon, Jack. So hypersexual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that sort of fits between Hagar the Horrible and Dilbert. Yeah, I, you know, I, I made my case to Jim and I said, listen, this will go places. You'll get noticed. And he just kept shaking his head and loading up his freaking fingers with those toothpicks in anticipation. Yeah. Well, at least, look, you've got your Ziggy money. You can always fall back on that. It's fine. The Garfield didn't work out. It's, I, I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm proud to be part of the Ziggy empire. And speaking of Sarasota, the old folks homes in Sarasota, how are they sort of built upon each other? Like in a town that's been overbuilt, certainly, you know, where 95% of the population is over 65, the old folks homes must be very sort of uniquely structured. Can you just sort of tell us about that to wrap up this whole 20 minutes of weirdness? Yes, absolutely, Jack. Well, the old folks homes are at quadruple capacity. <laughs> And so what they've done is they've taken a room that's designed for one person. They put four in there. And then there's, and what they do is they tell you, you know, you, you sleep between these, everybody gets a, a, a six hour sleep shift. Jeez. All right. And then when you're okay. not, when you're not supposed to be sleeping, you get up and you go into the rec room or you go to the bridge room or you go watch television, whatever, right. but you can't be sleeping. Man. I thought it was going to be like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type of, you know, all the grandparents in just one long bed. That's a great idea, too. <laughs> so what they've done, Jack, in Sarasota is they don't have old folks homes. Okay. You know how Long John Silver's and Taco Bell can kind of have a hybrid store? Yes. They yes. combine the restaurant? Right. Well, so nursing homes have combined with furniture stores. 
Oh. And this is what they've done. So they've combined. So now you have these old folks wandering around sleeping on sofas and beds and settees and lounge chairs and uh-huh. people shopping for furniture. So it's the best of both worlds when you think about it. They're wandering about. They see maybe a recliner they're interested in. They see an old man asleep or maybe dead inside the chair lying there and they see that it's probably comfortable enough for him to fall asleep or pass away. And they, that helps sell that chair. And the other thing is the people who are still alive uh, wandering around, sitting down on sofas or lying down in beds, you know, they're always intrigued by having people wandering around looking at the furniture and they get into conversations because you can get lonely sometimes and you don't get lonely when you have people asking you about that bed that you're lying in. Oh, is that comfortable? How do you like, how's the headboard? It's, it's leather. Is that a, You like that leather headboard? Is that nice? I don't know what wow. your name is. What is your name? You don't know? Let me go find sales help. So that's, I, I, I think the hybrid model is the future. And I credit Sarasota for coming up with that. Wow. You know what? That sounds great. It's, uh, you know, and, and maybe, you, you know, you get a chaise lounge and, and, uh, and an 84 year old, uh, you know, survivor of uh, the Vietnam War. There you go. And you've got, you've got stories. You can sit in that chair when they're not sitting in it and listen to their stories. Welcome back, Brian. Thanks, Jack. It's good to be back where there's less traffic. Yeah. <laughs> in New York City. That's right. Uh, hey, hey, Brian. Yes. Jack. Do you know that, uh, that transphobe who wrote the Harry Potter uh, books? Yeah, I do. J.K. Rowling rhymes with bowling. Exactly. Um, you know, she's the one who, and this just drives me crazy. She says that biological sex is real. I hate her for that. Oh God, I do too. And and you know we're we're all de- you know denouncing Harry Potter and yes, death to Harry, death to Harry and Meghan. <laughs> no, no, what? different Harry. Oh, no, God. you can get in trouble for saying one of those two things. I can't keep up with what's good and what's bad. <laughs> well, that that is that changes all the time. Well, I want to know if you saw Harry Potter was in the news yet again uh, the other day, man, maybe like a day or two ago, because of a, of a, a an ad on the uh, DC subway. Have you heard about this? Uh, you know what? I did vaguely hear reference to it, and it was one of those things where I. Raised my eyebrows and said, oh, God. Yeah. So, okay. So, so real quickly, here's, yes. here's the deal. Um, uh, it's, it's a video ad. So it has four frames, uh, four photos. And the fourth photo is the big reveal of what it is. It's advertising. The, the first panel is um, this uh, um, interesting uh, looking person. And you can't tell its gender at all and everything. And it says, Liana is imagining Harry Potter without its creator. And you see Liana looking off um, sort of autistically into the distance. And Mm. then the next frame, um, Liana is a harmony of flavors. What is that? Is she edible? (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, I don't want to say that. But uh, panel number three, independent journalism for an independent life. And panel four is telling you to subscribe to the New York times. <laughs> I'm uh, confused. I mean, why, why take the pot shot at Harry? Why is this sort of transgender person looking off in t- <laughs> into the sky, just imagining Harry Potter without the person who made him? I, I don't know. Is, is JK Rowling just, she needs to be eliminated. Her existence needs to be uh, 
taken away? Yeah, I guess. And so I guess, I guess you could understand if it was like, you know, the, the trans club of, of, uh, the Northeast, you know, does that ad. Okay. I guess whatever it's, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to sh- show more diversity in your ads, but what is the New York times doing? This isn't about journalism. No, but neither is the New York times these days. But anyway, I, I know you do some, you're, you're such a good ad man yourself. I yes. know you're doing some new um, uh, ads for the New York Times, some mm-hmm. uh, billboards, some print ads, some whatever. I, I was wondering if you, if you could just sort of tell tell us what other directions of the New York Times uh, advertising is going. Yeah. And, you know, just that way we can be prepared. Ho- hopefully sure. they're not weird like this one. Well, yeah, there's a, one ad. It's a digital billboard. Okay. Yep. So when you're driving, it changes. So like it starts off and you see like a tree in the distance. Okay. It's a tree. And then the tree gets closer as you, almost like as you're approaching the billboard, the tree gets closer and it gets very, very close. And you see something hanging from the tree. Okay. And, and then you zoom in and you see it's Joe Rogan (laughs) and it just says, kill him. And then the next thing is just says the New York times subscribe now. God. Jeez. You know, we like to leave it. We like to leave it to your imagination. What what part were you leaving to the imagination? Well, like, you know, uh, what, what they mean by kill him, you know, is it, is it mean like kill his ratings? Uh, is it hang him from a tree? Uh, (laughs) is it destroy his career and livelihood? Uh, (sighs) it just, I, we wanted to kind of leave it, leave it broad. Your your takeaway is what you take from it. I I guess that seems, it seems reckless. It seems irresponsible. Nope. (laughs) Well, if you say so. Now, I know you have, um, you have a a 30 second spot coming up uh, that's going to air in, uh, on the, on the coasts, apparently, Mm -hmm. uh, a New York Times coastal uh, ad campaign. I was wondering if you could tell us about your your new TV spot that you're, um, you're doing that's like uber, super inclusive. Yes. Well, so it features a woman who looks very much like the uh, cook and author, Alison Roman. Uh-huh. And she's, she's in the kitchen. It looks like a cooking show. Yep. And she's preparing something and you can see she's got like a tamale uh, laid out and some uh-huh. refried beans. And then she reaches in to get something out of the blender. And then the blender tr- turns on and takes her hands off. And she pulls, pulls her hands out of the blender and they're just stumps now and they're spraying everywhere. And she starts screaming and, and then it just says, don't appropriate culture. (laughs) The New York times subscribe now. Yeah, that seems, I mean, even for the coast, that seems like uh, a little jarring. Yeah. Everybody remembered the spot completely. They totally got it. And there was actually- There was a guy who was in the focus group. Okay. And he was wearing a necklace that had turquoise in it. Okay. And he immediately broke it off his neck and threw it across the room. He was afraid it looked like a, an Indian necklace. Uh-huh. And he just didn't want to be accused and he didn't want to lose his hands. I think the ad works. Wow. We can't wear the color turquoise anymore? You got to be careful, Jack. <laughs> And for good measure, okay. we took a picture of it and sent it to his employer. 
<laughs> wow, you guys are doing good work over there. Journalism never dies or whatever. In darkness. Subscribe now. <laughs> Boy, you're really a company man. I just want to get more subscriptions out there. There have been a bunch of cancellations for whatever reason. I want to make huh. sure we build that up. I want to build back the times better. Subscribe now. <laughs> Last one, you, you said you had a, a print ad. They're going to be running in all the big newspapers uh, in between the coast where you're going to sort of hit, uh, you know, from the, the border of New York to the border of California, all the mm -hmm. stuff in between. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about the, the ad campaign that you're doing, the print ad? Yeah. So it just shows a family there. It's the, it's the Midwest and it's, it's the middle States folks. And it yeah, just says, it says, Hey, middle States people, you know, we don't have too many big words. <laughs> Subscribe <Jeez>. now. <laughs> oh, that's aggressive. I, I know some people have said it, it comes across as condescending, but those, you know, these people are idiots. <laughs> They're dumb. Yeah. They think differently and that's stupid. Okay. It's 80% of the country though. They're just idiots. Take it from me. You know, and we have another okay. ad that says, you know, not everybody went to elite schools, but you can still subscribe to the New York Times. Subscribe now. And, and uh, wasn't there a third one that you just flat out call them stupid and say that you're here to explain things? Something like that? Yeah, we're going to dumb splain. I <laughs> uh, just said, you know, the world's probably terrifying to you, but we'll explain what it is. The world's probably terrifying to you? These people are probably scared. Of what? Of everything. They're idiots. <laughs> I don't want to sound judgmental. <laughs> but I have nothing okay. but contempt. <laughs> And that's actually the fourth ad. Oh, what? Just says, we have nothing but contempt for you, Middle States people. Subscribe now, the New York Times. Middle States people. I mean, you yep. don't even dignify it with like Midwest, Mountain, Central, nah. uh, nothing? They're between the coasts. They mean nothing. And that's the fifth ad. <laughs> you mean nothing to us. Subscribe now. <laughs> oh, well, all right. You know, it's the, it's the first uh, honest thing the New York Times has published in a long time. Well, don't forget the 1619. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jack. Brian. My friend Brad is a director. Mm-hmm. And he thinks you are the most undiscovered talent of all time. He's right about that. And he really, really wants you to get your big break. He's, he's offered you uh, several chances to audition for movie roles for things he's producing. Um, and you just, uh, you, you haven't done it yet. You've, 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 you've failed to do a cold read. He likes, you know how he does it. He does it cold read. You can't see the script beforehand. You got to stay in character. That's very important to Brad. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if you manage to do that, you will get the role. You just haven't been able to do that. That's the problem. And, but you promise if I'm able to get through this without breaking, I can have a role in this movie? You could have a role in this movie and in, in whatever That's Brad's producing. So he sent me some scripts for you. I'm That's sending great. you the first one now. Okay. This is a sequel to Batman, Jack. Oh, what? It's, it's so appropriate because there's a new Batman movie coming out next weekend. That's right. This is called The Batman Again. <laughs> it's, we're not uh, auditioning, so it's okay to laugh. It's fine now. Yeah. It won't be good if we're reading. 
Okay. So this is a sequel to Batman and uh, Brad is considering you as uh, the Riddler. He's, he wants to look hmm. at you for the role of the Riddler. Well, the, the, and the Riddler was, was uh, played famously by Jim Carrey, another comedy icon. So I can understand sure. him making that link. Yeah. So uh, he sent me the script. He said, uh, have Jack read it. Let's see uh, if he can get this role. So uh, check right. your inbox, sir. I, I just opened it. I've never read this. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to enter the DC universe. Okay, here we go. The Batman again. Yes. Exterior, skyscraper, roof. Batman, I'll be reading him. And the Riddler, that could be you, stand on the edge of a skyscraper. Despite the height, neither are very scared. Okay, fine, Riddler. You have a deal. If I solve your three riddles, you go free. If I don't, I'll do what you want. Ooh, I like those terms. Riddle me this. What's two plus two? Four. Ooh, Batman, you're good. But that was just an appetizer. I hope you're ready for the entree. Bring it on, you dink. What walks on all fours in the morning, two legs in the daytime, and three in the evening? A human. On all fours as a baby, two legs as an adult, and with a cane when old. Very good. Now, number three. What's black and white and red all over? Easy. Or maybe not, because the answer isn't a newspaper. So again, Batman, what's black and white and red all over? Hmm. The Nazi flag. Wrong. It's the cast of different strokes in a blender. <laughs> Damn it to heck. Now, Batman, I win. Take off your bat pants. Fine, Riddler, you dink. And now your batwear boxers. Batterwear boxers. Okay, Riddler. Here you go. Ooh, look at that. It's bat-shaped. And here I was thinking that Catwoman with a cervix was lying to me. <laughs> she promised not to say anything. Well, she lied. She was talking trash about you on the Face Gotham, <laughs> Face Gotham book. That tart. Just so you know, she craps in a litter box. Still, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for farting. That leather outfit really brings out her perfect lady lumps. Can I put my bat pants back on? No. First, I want to show you a series of naughty pictures and see if I can make your bat signal. I'm not taking my family to that. Why not? It's, it's hypersexualized. It's like a, like a hypersexualized raccoon. Unfortunately, Jack, you didn't get it. I can tell you right now you, you broke character in the middle of that. And I know when, I know, uh, when you laughed, Brad doesn't appreciate it. And uh, we're going to move on. We've got a second script. Play back the tape. I don't remember laughing. This is for a Showtime uh, project that Brad's doing. Um, it's not about a racism or anything, or it's not like yeah. a racist thing against white people or whatever, like this last project they did. Uh, yeah. This is a, a movie called, it's about a restaurant, big uh, stellar restaurant. And it's like a Michelin starred restaurant. Okay. And uh, you'd be playing the role, if you get it, of Jacques, who's a waiter at the restaurant. He's like a star waiter. Okay, is this like in the D is this like in Gotham City or anything cool? No, it's not. It's not. It's not a comic. Uh, it's a more of a drama. Okay, fine. Whatever. I want and, the movie role. Let's do this. Okay, so you'd be playing the role of Jacques, okay. and uh, it's set inside a restaurant. Do you have the script? I've opened it. I've not read it. You've opened it. You've not read it. Okay, I'm going to start you up. It's interior restaurant. Bertrand, okay. I'll be reading that. Is seated at the table. The waiter Jacques approaches. Welcome to La Tite Bouche. That's French for the little mouth. Speaking of little mouths, will you be needing a children's menu? 
No, thank you. Timmy died. Great. Well, we have some specials if you'd like to hear about them. No, thank you. The special soup is pistachio cream. The special appetizer is steak tartare. And the special entree is spatchcocked chicken. What does spatchcocked mean? It's when they take the chicken and they cut from the chicken bum through the chicken boobies up to the chicken neck. Then they flatten the chicken out. It was invented by a chef named Jacob Spatchcock. I met him once. He had a firm handshake and he told ethnic jokes. Would you like to start off with a cocktail? Oh, that sounds great. We have a special cocktail called the Russian Invasion. We put Smirnoff vodka into a highball and then throw it in your face and claim you asked for it. Do you have anything with rum in it? Drum. Okay, I'll have that. And for the lady? She doesn't drink. She's in heaven with Timmy. Whatever. Do you know what you want? What's the chopped salad? It's lettuce and tomato and onion and olives of color. We chop it up like Jacob Spatchcock did to his mommy. Then we toss it violently with the Roquefort-influenced dressing and watch you eat it. Um, I guess I'll start with that. Timmy? 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 You were right. I'm sorry I doubted you. How's the lamb prepared? I'm told it's going to go... <laughs> it's told it's going home to see its mommy. Then we sneak up on it with a mallet. <laughs> wow. Uh, not going to be on Showtime. It's, that one's kind of all over the place. Very mm. insensitive. Mm. Yeah, Later, that's... It's a strange script, but that's, you know, it's unfortunate because he was really hoping you could land the role of Jacques. That's fine. We got one more script, Jack. This is why people don't go to the movies anymore with, with stuff like this. Like Brad can do better. He's, it's, he's, like, he's, it's, it's an art film. You know, it's a little, yeah. little side project for him. All right. I, I've got a third one, Jack. Oh, do a third you? Great. Script. Uh, Brad is going to be directing uh, A Quiet Place 3. Oh, wow. Those movies are massively successful. They are. And they're very good movies. I really enjoyed the, the first two. So I'm excited for the third one. Well, that's exciting. I, you know, a good sequel. You know, you've got yeah. a built in audience. So I'm, yep. I'm excited for audiences to get to know me. Yeah, well, I am, too. So here's your chance, Jack. Uh, okay. You have the script. I just open it and I right. have not read it. All right. Well, this is uh, right now. It's Interior Bank Vault. Okay. It's Benjamin, I'll be reading Benjamin, and Johnny, that could be you if you land this, are hiding okay. in the bank vault with Regan, who is deaf. Okay. I don't know what she's saying. She's, she's talking in the deaf person language and, and making her hands do weird things. Well, that's American Sign Language. I, I took it in college. I'll translate. Okay. Tell her we need to get on a boat. There's an island and the aliens can't travel over water. We need to get on the boat. There's an island and the aliens can't travel over water. Why are you yelling? So she can read. I'm oh, sorry. So she can read my lips. Yeah. You, you don't have to yell. If you yell, the aliens can hear us and they'll come kill us. Oh, good point. Good point. Okay. Hold on. She's, she's signing something. I, I'm a little rusty. Okay. Something about a flying person, flying person. Oh, alien. Okay. You need to stop yelling. Alien. A and I think that means island. Alien on island. The alien is on the island. The alien is on the island? The alien is on the island. Or maybe it's Mookie Betts. <laughs> Mookie Betts is on the island? Either the alien is on the island or Mookie Betts is on the island. Okay, we, we, we need to know the difference. Sorry, my sign language is rusty. 
Nope. Oh, it's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is on the island. She says Mookie Betts came from space and can hear you from very far away. Okay. See, I, I think she's talking about the aliens. I don't think she's talking about Mookie Betts. The alien wears red socks. Can you believe how much they charge for a beer at Fenway Park? Is she seriously complaining about prices at Fenway Park? I mean, maybe your sign language is very bad. Don't sell garden hose because what bagel them Mookie Betts? Cow day. Boat. Apple. Apple run. Boat. You have no idea what she's saying, do you? Okay, okay, I understand now. Uh, mm, she wants me to lay with her. Uh, yeah. That's... Did John Krasinski write this, this one? Because it feels, I mean... I, I think they outsourced it on Fiverr. <laughs> and it's, sometimes it's like, sometimes it feels like whoever writes these scripts forgets that Mookie Betts was traded from the Red Sox uh, two and a half years ago. It almost feels huh. that way. Huh. Where's he now? The, uh, in L.A., which is why the last uh, time or two that uh, he's magically come up on the show, I've pointed out the fact that he it makes sense that he's breaking into movies like LeBron. Ah, that's interesting. He Mookie's doing movies, movie bets. Uh, yeah, well, I guess so, but not not good movies. Well, speaking of movies, uh, you're not going to be in this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good transition. You you should write these. You you write you write great transitions off the cuff. Nah, that screenplays. There's two, they're real. They uh, this is hard. <sighs> Review us and all that. Yep. Review my failure. Okay then. Okay, that's it. Good luck, Ukraine. Good luck, Ukraine. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 